Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Why Zayvon Collins? Who is Zayvon Collins? We explain and give our thoughts on the team's newest player, the 16th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 418, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, pop, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So we just had the opportunity to hear from the newest Arizona Cardinal, Zayvon Collins, the 16th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the linebacker MJ out of Tulsa, and I got to say, thoroughly impressed. You talk about first impressions, at least over Zoom and his post-draft interview with the media. Yeah, I like this kid. (laughs) He was very impressive and very emotional, you know, obviously showing him when he was getting drafted and, and very close to his mother and dream come true. And yeah, now listen, it's it's somebody that came late on the radar for us. Cardinal's been, you know, obviously scouting this guy for a while. Um, I think the first guy was Tony Pauline, who does some stuff with Trey Wingo. That was the first time I had gotten wind of that. And then, you know, we started doing our top 50. I had him 28th overall, but... You know, I, I was curious to see because, you know, he said that he wanted to go top 20. Um, you know, obviously, the higher you go, the more money you're going to make. But over the last couple of days, you started seeing him mocked. Um, I don't think I ever saw him. I saw him 17 and 18. And then you're worried about, you know, how many corners and wide receivers are going to come off the board and how many linemen is Vera Tucker going to be there. So um, I guess the only other guy I would think is ranked as higher would have been Najee Harris and you know how I feel about that, Craig. I'm not taking him at 16. Then, you know, maybe they went exactly where they should have gone. He went 23 to Pittsburgh, and then Travis ATN uh, went to Jacksonville. So now he goes back with Trevor Lawrence. And, and I do think we're going to see a running back come off the board tomorrow. But, again, um, you start looking at athleticism. And, you know, one thing that I asked Steve, and he corrected me right away, was, you know, because the Cardinals have had a tendency to draft hybrid players. Dale Buchanan, yes, he did play a five-year deal. They, Hassan Reddick, Isaiah Simmons. Now, in fairness to them, they slow played him at weak side. But he said no, he, he's going to play the Mike linebacker. Um, you know, Jordan Hicks is still under contract. He's 29. Uh, he plays a ton of snaps, captain on defense. But you're talking about six foot four, six foot five uh, guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how they try to throw over um, you know, over the defensive line with a guy like J.J. Watt and Zach Allen and Jordan Phillips. So um, I, I don't think it was a need, but I think when you start looking ahead, um, this is obviously what the Cardinals were looking for. And, you know, they have time to try to get a wide receiver and a cornerback tomorrow, and we'll see what they do on day three. Yeah, a couple of things, and first and foremost is let's look at the player himself. At Tulsa's Pro Day, Collins checked in at six foot four, seven eight. So let's round up, Bird Gang. He's six foot five, 260, 265 pounds, runs a four six forty, 35 inch vertical, 10 foot two broad jump. So the athleticism is there. And then you talk about pairing him with Isaiah Simmons, or as Kime pointed out, 
two trees there in the middle of the field as Simmons is 6'4", 238. You are set at inside linebacker now for the foreseeable future as long as Collins is able to come in. And we'll have to wait and see, you know, how he adapts to the pro game. But as far as a player and his athleticism and last year at this time, it was like, okay, what do you do with Isaiah Simmons? Where do you play him? There is no question with Collins this year. You plug him in at either next to Jordan Hicks or next to Isaiah Simmons, and then you can do whatever with them. Rush the passer, cover a tight end coming across the middle, cover a running back. That is his spot, so we don't have to worry about any of that. And just, again, thoroughly impressed with the person. Now it's okay. Now we need to see the player in action. Well, what's going to be interesting just to see the the parallel size and, you know, obviously Isaiah was drafted eighth overall in here, 16th, both first round picks, both in the top of the half of the first round. But Cliff did mention, and I'm encouraged by this, they are going to have a rookie mini camp. They are going to have preseason games. So, you know, you know how I feel about all those guys with under one year, uh, one year in the league or two years, they need to be on that field. So uh, it's going to be interesting just to see you know, even though Isaiah has a year under his belt, you know, and he's going to be a lot more comfortable and confident in playing a lot faster over the period of time, they, this is going to be the future at the Cardinals inside linebacker spot. And the fact is they're going to have a rookie mini camp that's going to go along long way. You can make mistakes, look, go back and watch the film, preseason games. He's going to be going against some of these guys that are drafted. So I really like what they were there. I don't think it was a need. I think they had them ranked that high on their board. According to Kingsbury, quote, I don't think the learning curve will be very steep for this young man, referring to Collins. And then Kime brought up the fact that Zayvon Collins, a valedictorian in high school. So he is smart and played quarterback in high school. So he looks at the game a little bit differently. And Collins even brought that up, that he knows how to read offenses because of his quarterback background. So you have the athleticism, you have the football IQ. Now, of course, is how quickly can you get up to speed with everyone else? But I like what I'm hearing about Zayvon Collins, and I totally understand, yes, he was late to the party, if you will, as far as when we talked about that position and that player specifically. It was a week or two ago that we started talking about Micah Parsons and Zayvon Collins, and you were the first that I heard to bring up Collins' name. We focus so much on corner and wide receiver because those are needs, and yeah, they are still needs, but the way the board fell and you saw players come off that board, well, you stick to your board, as Kime likes to say, and you draft the best player, the best talent, regardless of position. And it certainly sounds like at linebacker, Zayvon Collins. And, and you go back and I think the Cardinals, you know, it's all we always talked about. And, you know, as they got closer to being on the clock, everyone's saying, that, you know, they want to trade down and, Again, you need somebody that wants to come up and which player are they cutting up for? And once all three of those receivers went off the board and then you had a couple corners and, okay, you're like, oh, where's J.C. Horn going to go? And then all of a sudden Carolina, and then you're like, okay, Dallas, they would love to have Patrick Satane. And then next thing you know, Dallas takes uh, Micah Parsons. So once that happened, you, you know, again, um, you just look at the skill set and the upside and, and really – 
you know, I think the Cardinals have drafted uh, inside linebackers, what, at least three out of the last five years, maybe four? That sounds about right. If they're throwing Dayon Buchanan as well, and you move him to a dollar linebacker yeah. and Hassan Reddick as well, yeah, but yes. But you know how I feel about, you know, when you, when you get a guy and, you know, let's give Devontae Campbell a lot of credit. The Cardinals only gave up two uh, rush or passing touchdowns of tight ends where the other are those 18 or 19. So curious to who draws that assignment. You also have Buda there. Uh, you know, we'll see who's the free safety when it comes to, you know, the Thompson twins. There's going to be Williams they got from Cincinnati. So I just like the chess pieces now that Vance has. Um, we know that J.J. Watt can move around, even though he's probably going to play a three, five and seven technique. We know Isaiah Simmons at times when, when they put more on his play, a unicorn and then Buda Baker. I mean, this guy's going to come off the edge. So. I like the fact that they got some athleticism and they got some physicality and they got some dogs. The guys are not will, they're willing to put their uh, face in the fan. So I think we're gonna, that's going to show up on game day. Funny you mentioned chess because that's what Collins referred to himself as a chess piece that can be used in many ways. Yes, he's going to play one position, but as I referenced earlier, you can do a lot of different things with him because of his athleticism and his skill set. He's sideline to sideline. He's north and south. He's got that ability, at least that's what we saw at Tulsa, a three-year starter who last season had four sacks, four interceptions. And I think to, again, go back to what Kaim said about two big trees in the middle, it's going to be hard for opposing offenses and opposing quarterbacks now. As you like to say, you get up to that line of scrimmage and you're searching for a number of different players. Where is J.J. Watt? Where is Chandler Jones? Is Buda Baker in the box or is he playing deep safety? Oh, there's Isaiah Simmons and oh no, Zayvon Collins as well. And they might be in different spots that you're not used to seeing. So you're not going to know who's coming, who's going. And it does play that chess game, if you will. Vance Joseph versus the other team's offensive coordinator. It reminds me when Carlos Dansby was here. Now, we know Carlos dropped a lot. Now, just a couple years ago, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan Hicks led the team in interceptions a couple years ago. So, and, and, and for those big guys, when you're 6'4", 6'5", sometimes you got to get lower because now you're going to get running backs coming through there, and, and they could put you on a move if you're, if you're not ready to move your hips. So, And then you can also squat down, let the quarterback go through his progressions, and when you think he's going to try to throw over the middle down the seam, that's when all of a sudden you can get an interception or a tip ball, and then obviously you're trying to advance the ball if it's tipped and you get an interception. So I, I think we're it's again it's gonna it's gonna take some some time for the chemistry, but I'm curious to see what the and I said this last year about Isaiah Simmons snap count, but. What does the defense look in September? And then, Craig, there's injuries, so his flexibility, I know they are going to just try to you know, zone on and, and zero in on one position, but we get to November all of a sudden, you know, what's his snap count and what else can he do? But he's also probably going to play on special teams. Oh, I don't think there's any question because we did see Simmons play on special teams and Flash on special teams as well. Here's the pre-draft analysis Courtesy ESPN on Zayvon Collins. Dynamic, versatile linebacker, stellar blend of size, length, and range, tall enough to see into the backfield, quick enough to shoot the gap, has the strength to hold his ground at the point of attack, reads the quarterback, has good ball skills for a linebacker, plus flashes as a pass rusher. Again, not a need per se, 
But in the first round, MJ, you do not pass on talent. It's what we talked about last year with Isaiah Simmons. Not a need because you had Devondre Campbell. But you don't pass on that talent. And if you do take a broad view of this, looking a year, two years down the line, it is a need because Jordan Hicks under contract for two more years. And you're planning, as a general manager should, for the future. Now, the immediate impact that is remained to be seen but as far as a broad view now you are set at inside linebacker with the ability to do different things with those two players i think when you look at jordan hicks and i like the signing at the time craig because you know they, they gave him a longer term deal the, the knock in philadelphia was he couldn't stay healthy and he played a ton of snaps those first couple of years but also, when they didn't lost Corey Peters and they didn't have Jordan Phillips, he's making tackles four or five yards down the line of scrimmage, and that's not on him. And then there were times where he had to cover tight ends. We know that's not a that, that's not a strength for him. So I'm be curious to see what his snap count is because I think you can rotate all three of those guys. And quite frankly, I don't want to take Simmons off the field. And when it comes to Collins, it's more how much can you put on his plate. Uh, I think Hicks is still a leader in that locker room, but I think based on just where they are, and it's a young man's game, um, we'll see his snap count throughout the season, and then the Cardinals have to make a decision after 2021. It's a post-day one of the 2021 NFL Draft edition. Uh, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Interesting comments out of the gate from General Manager Steve Kime when asked about Collins. What I liked about him everything and then he raved about his coverage skills and then added this that i had never heard before said according to kime that collins received an alpha tag on their board and there were five players that received this tag and that bird gang is rare skills obviously but rare leadership skills and good guys in that locker room players that others will gravitate to players that others will take leadership from. Now, I don't think it's going to come right away as a rookie, but someone that they see can be, i.e. the quarterback of that defense and maybe even one of the faces of the franchise down the road, along with Kyler Murray and Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker, those players that you want a part of your team for 5, 10, 15 plus years. But that was something I had never heard Kai mention and it is interesting because we just look at film sometimes, highlights, and, oh, this is a good player. But this goes to show you that it's always, yes, it's the film, but then, okay, it's background. Who's this, per, who's this player as a person? What kind of person are they? And getting that alpha tag, certainly you could tell, and not only in the inflection in Kyle's voice, but even his facial expression, that that is something that is very important and rare to see. And obviously there were five players in this year's draft that received that alpha tag. That's the first time we've heard that. Now, two things, I, you know what I always say, you know, you can do all the study, you can do all the poke and prodding, but what's between the ears and what's in the chest? Well, first impressions, football IQs off the charts. He's a former quarterback, so he's a, you know, back in high school, so it's a little bit different, not so much disguising, but he's been on the other side of the ball. He knows what it looks like and his passion for the game. And I got to think he was a captain, Craig. I don't know that for sure, but three years there and went to Tulsa and that was his only scholarship. So um, that's what you want. And, and you could tell just based on his first impression with the Arizona media, football IQ, passion, energy, leadership.
certainly something to keep an eye on Bergang as far as how he develops in this game and how quickly he can be an impact player within that defense. The comp, and again, we're big on that, at least you are, MJ, as far as trying to figure out traits or to figure out, hey, if you're not too familiar with this player, look at this player. And the name that Kime brought up, Tremaine Edmonds, Bill's inside linebacker, who back in 2018, MJ, just so happened to be the 16th overall pick of Buffalo. But the measurable, 6'5", 260, a pro bowler each of the past two seasons, I think it's a good comparison when you look at certainly the size as an inside linebacker, a little bit bigger than we've seen, but it's not so much the height and the weight. What is your athleticism? How quick are you? How fast are you? And then, of course, the instincts, the football IQ, your intelligence on that field can you get to point A to point B faster than the guy that you're trying to tackle? Yeah, and that's something we're going to see. But I, like I said, I want to reiterate because last year we basically didn't have any offseason. It was virtual. Um, I think there's only so much. And Cliff always says they want to get on the grass. I think it's going to be very important. The entire rookie class, the undrafted free agents, now you're only going to be allowed to bring in five uh, tryout guys just because of COVID and et cetera. But um, that's going to go a long way. And like I said, that's where you make mistakes. You go back in and you correct it on the film room. But I think he's going to learn from Jordan Phillips. He'll be able to learn from J.J. Watt. He'll be able to learn from Buda Baker. And, and, and just the fact that he, he seems like he's willing to learn. I mean, he, he said he's not a real emotional guy, but tonight it hit him just because him and his mother, um, you know, just growing up and only having one scholarship. And he said she didn't make a lot of money, and now he can take care of her. Yeah, mentioned his mom took out money from her 401k so he could travel the circuit and have everything that he needed to be successful in high school and get into college and get an education. And I think that speaks volumes. And again, it's a small town in Oklahoma. How many Oklahoma? Population 3,500. And if you're wondering why we didn't see a lot of Collins on television, well, he informed us that his draft party at Tulsa, zero media, just family and friends. And then we're seeing some of the reaction later on. But he wanted to make sure that the close-knit community of Hominy, Oklahoma, was able to enjoy this. And that is why it was so emotional for him. Because as they say, a small town, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows what you're doing. So I'm sure they are very proud of this young man reaching the pinnacle of professional football. Well, and I don't know how big or small the town is, uh, but I can tell you this, anybody that sees what he's done, you know, in life, that's all you can ask for is opportunities. And if you see a guy that came from a small town and, you know, lived with his mother and really had a grind and she had a grind to make things in it, when you hear that that she gave up some of her 401k, I think that happens more prevalent, and and a lot of families probably aren't able to do that because you know, usually you get an agent and he gives you an advance, and, and they're hoping you're a first round pick. But yeah, that's just how that's just how close they are. And and here he went on all these different football camps, and he only had one scholarship, you know. But again, you got to knock on the doors or knock knocking on your doors. Yeah, he made the most of his opportunity at Tulsa, a three-year starter, and very, very good this past season. In fact, he was the top defensive player 
in all of college football, a unanimous All-American, the Lombardi, Bronco, Nagurski, Chuck Bednarik Award winner, which are awards given to the best defensive player and then, of course, the best linebacker as well. And he was number 28 on your big board, but I think it was one of those additions as you look top to bottom that, you know, Sometimes, you know, it's we, we have all these mock drafts and then we wonder, well, why someone fell or someone ri- rose up boards is, well, these NFL teams, they don't do mock drafts in January. They're still scouting. They're still gathering information. So when they do their big board, no one's rising and falling. And then information tends to leak out. And then that's when these mock drafts come out and someone, oh, instead of being a top 10 talent, he's now top five or all of a sudden drops into the 20s. And you're wondering why nothing's changed. Well, the information has changed, whether that's from teams or from agents. And then that's why these mock drafts, there's so many differences in these and in how guys rise and fall. But the Cardinals had him very high on their board when they set their board. It wasn't like he rose up and down during the course of this pre-draft process. And, and maybe one of the reasons why I had him 20, I do remember that day when we were talking about him. I, I just, you know, when we start looking at the quarterbacks and, you know, I think they had five eventually throughout the first round, had a couple corners, eventually three, and then a couple of receivers would come off the board and a couple of linemen. So, you know, the fact is he, he was going to get pushed down because we didn't have a ton of defensive players. You know what I mean? It was either quarterbacks, wide receivers, or linemen. And then once you do more research on Micah Parsons, and I think he landed up in great spot with the Dallas Cowboys, Sean Lee, and then they didn't pick up, um, they didn't pick up the option on Kyle Vanderush, and Sean Lee retired. So, anyways, when I, when I started looking at him, he didn't really fit what the Cardinals were looking for. Different set of a skill set. So that's where all of a sudden I thought Collins came in the conversation. Yeah, you were quick on that when you brought up Collins as far as fitting within the scheme that Vance Joseph wants to use. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, day one of the 2021 NFL Draft is in the books. Let's look at how the board fell, because I know there is a segment out there of the Bird Gang, MJ, that's questioning why for the second straight year, you're taking a linebacker and you're taking an inside linebacker. My response to that is, I get it, but two, who are you going to take, Bird Gang? Who did you want at number 16? When you see how the board shook out, five quarterbacks getting drafted in the first 15 picks. That was great news for the Cardinals because it then pushes other players down closer to number 16. You had two wide receivers off the board excuse me three wide receivers off the board and the first two at five and six jamar chase and jalen waddle were done and not even available they were quickly off the board and then the top two corners were off the board plus three offensive linemen and kime without mentioning his name we have to talk about it mj caleb farley was never in consideration with pick number 16 because of his medical background and kime did bring up issues with medicals, without bringing up Farley's name, he did say you do not, quote, want to force a pick. And it certainly sounds like that was an indirect reference to Caleb Farley when he brought up the medical situation as well, as we know, with the two back procedures and the ACL injury he had in college. Yeah, I want to say I may have had him 25th. Correct. Okay, so I had him 25th. 
And that was the reason why. I just think he was going to drop. Now, he did get drafted by the Titans, um, and they have a history of drafting guys with injuries, so they must have a good medical staff or they get approval from the uh, from the team doctor. But he did get drafted in the first round, and I'm happy for him because to sit here and go home tonight and we go back to January and February, you take away the medical, which we can't now. Um, and then the latest was he's got numbness in his toes, and he claims, and he stood behind it. He was ahead of it. He'll be ready for camp, and he's going to a really good team and franchise with Mike Vrabel, um, and, and they need help uh, all over that field, especially that secondary gets probably his replacement for Dory Jackson or Malcolm Butler. But, yeah, uh, again, there was a reason why um, they decided, you know, this is – because, again, I thought Parsons fit the role, but at the end of the day, he – I hate to say a 4-3 linebacker, because we know a Cardinals line up three, four, but they put two outside linebackers line of It looks like a five, two. So it's, it's kind of, and, and going back to Tulsa, he played a three, three, five there. And that's what they do in college. You get three and then you get, basically you got eight guys that can cover the entire field with the hash marks where you're rushing three and then you're dropping eight. And that's what he played there, a three, three, five. I mean, I'd be curious to see what Vance's sub packages are going to look like. Cause you want to get your playmakers on the field. And I would assume that, you know, Jordan Hicks could come off the field on third down. I think you might see a lot of Hicks on the sidelines, depending again, how quickly Collins picks things up because we anticipated Isaiah Simmons being an impact player right away. And then of course we know what happened week one at San Francisco. And then we kind of lost Simmons for a while. He had to regain the trust of Vance Joseph and I think that might be something here as well with Collins. You have to gain the trust of the coaching staff. It's one thing to speak a good game. And Collins did speak very well after night one. And I don't think it was all lip service. This is a kid that I think understands his position and is very appreciative of his position. And as he said, he wants to be great. He has been doubted his entire life was not highly recruited coming out of high school, but is willing to put in the work and is willing to be coached and is willing to listen to his teammates. He kept bringing up J.J. Watt and going against Kyler Murray every day in practice and learning from these guys to make him a better player. So, yes, again, I'll say it, it was not a need, but Bird Gang, tell me who you wanted with pick number 16 when the top three wide receivers are off the board, the top two corners are off the board, and yes, Kime did speak highly of Farley a week ago, but at that time, you don't know about medicals. At least we don't in the media. He did, talking about Kime, and it was clear that Farley was not on their board or they were not in position to draft him with the 16th overall pick, and Elijah Vera Tucker was off the board. That would have been another option i think for the cardinals when you're talking about offensive linemen he was the third offensive lineman went number 14 to the jets who moved up in the draft in a trade with the vikings so your best wide receivers are off the board your best corners are off the board your best offensive linemen are off the board what's left linebacker and that just happened to be zavin collins now uh, you know it, it is a deep draft for for wide receivers and 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 cornerbacks and Again, the Cardinals, they're picking 49th overall tomorrow, and then they're going to have to sit back and wait unless they try to offer maybe a future pick next year. We'll wait and see on that. But, you know, again, it's a deep draft for both of those positions. Um, I noticed the first Georgia cornerback went off the board. I think it was Ernie um, Jones. He's the one that ran a 4-2-5. But then Tyson Campbell, we talked about DRC. 
Tyson Campbell is a guy uh, that could be there at 49, but I think we're going to start to see a run on some of these second and third tier wide receivers in the second and third tier corners because, you know, last year in the first three rounds, we had 21 corners drafted and 17 wide receivers. And I got that was in the first three rounds. And so tomorrow we'll cover that second and third round. And of course, we'll be there on Saturday for four, rounds four to seven. So I do think a run. And, and I think at the end of the day, there'll be 13 quarterbacks drafted. I'm curious to see, you know, when, the, when it comes to Kyle Trask, I thought maybe the Bucks would take him, but the Bucks end up taking the, the kid from Washington who's a freak. Um, so we'll see. But anyways, yeah, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. That, that 33rd overall pick is usually attractive, and the Cardinals really don't have a lot of wiggle room, so they're going to have to put three or four names on a, like a paper or look at their board and say hopefully that one of those guys is there. But I would assume, and it could be a lineman, but I would assume it's going to be wide receiver or corner. Again, they're going to stick to their board, and i got to think that some of those guys, a little bit of need, Craig, will be attracted to them. And I think that might be the area in which, if you're the general manager, you do look to move up for at the sacrifice of future picks down the road or maybe even a sixth or seventh round selection. You've got a couple of seventh round selections in this year's draft to move up from 49 if there is a corner or a wide receiver that you like. Now, corner, I know, you know, I... You don't want to force the issue, and I get that, but I think in day two and day three, it does become more need as opposed to best available players still on the board because this team, I think it's a necessity to come away in this draft with a cornerback or two. Wide receiver, I'm not too worried about because I think then that would tell us that they are high on Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, and maybe this is finally the year for Christian Kirk. But right now I look at that cornerback position and it makes me makes me cringe a little bit, MJ. I'm not going to lie to you because as much as of a fan as we all are of Robert Alford, I just can't trust him. And I'm sorry to say that out loud, but two seasons he's been the best corner in training camp and then we haven't seen him in the regular season because of injury. I think corner has to be addressed on day two, whether that's the second round, the third round, and of course, to get into the third round, the Cardinals would have to make a trade. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to use word trust. It's just, you know, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, he's done everything in his power. I mean, I remember last offseason. So, you know, I mean, this is it for him. I mean, he took a huge pay cut, and rightfully so, because he's made a lot of good money. But, um, you know, we always talk about bringing 12 to 14 to camp. I got to think, you know, some of these guys, now that the draft's over, not so much Richard Sherman, but there's some other veterans out there. Again, if they only have a rookie mini camp and then they can't get the veterans, uh, possibly, hopefully, a mandatory mini camp for OTAs, that's when you start to flood the position. So I anticipate, and, and, and another thing, if they don't draft a tight end, Tyler Eifert is out there and you know, that's a guy they could bring in on a one-year deal could to solidify that wide receiver or tight end position. So we'll have to wait and see. But it'd be curious to see, because right now, the players on the street, they don't have any leverage. And then when you start bringing in undrafted free agents, now all of a sudden, this guy's got a bigger upside than this veteran player. Now, some guys that have been in the league for seven or nine years, they'll look, look like they're making nine fifty-five, but the league actually pays 300000 of that because they want to keep veteran players in the league. So the cap number is a little bit lower. So I got to think, you know, 
maybe they've been talking to a few guys and, and I'm glad they signed uh, James Conner because you always wonder how it's going to affect the formula and compensatory picks and then getting Butler at least on paper if Alford's healthy you have three starters and then you got you know, and then you got Chase Whitaker uh, who could play a slot a little bit undersized special teams player let's bring this show full circle Zayvon Collins the 16th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft the newest member of the Arizona Cardinal quotes I've been working for this my entire life I only dreamed of Arizona and being in that organization end quote it certainly sounded like he wanted to be in Arizona Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury made it perfectly clear that they wanted Zayvon Collins and the board shook out that way and he was the best player or the highest graded player on the Cardinals big board at that time. Are there other needs? Yes. And as we just talked about, I think they need to be addressed. At least cornerback needs to be addressed on day two of this draft because it is very slim in that area. But uh, I am certainly intrigued. And I'll go back to what we started this show talking about and just how well thought, well spoken, and appreciative Collins was that the Arizona Cardinals are taking a chance on someone that, yeah, very successful in college, but certainly had to come from a small town to make a big name for himself. Well said. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field. Curious to see what number he'll have. I think we'll get those now once we get the draft picks done and then we'll get the new players, what their numbers are going to be. We'll see if Hop changed his number from 10 to 6. And, you know, that's what I think he wore in college. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just excited that these guys are going to get a chance to get on the field. And that's something they couldn't do last year. It's going to go a long way, Craig. FYI, Collins wore 23 at Tulsa so if you're keeping track of this stuff and uh, whether or not that might be available for him or if he goes into the teens maybe takes number two maybe number three those numbers are available so again that's what we do here on Cardinals Cover 2 MJ we give the people what they want they want to know numbers they want to know uniform numbers they want a Collins jersey that will be in the team shop sooner rather than later I'm sure well, I know Kyler Murray came out and tweeted, let's go big fella, paraphrasing, but he is from Oklahoma. But it was interesting where you know you had Jalen Waddle, who I think is going to be the best wide receiver in this draft. He pairs back up with Tua. They played at Alabama. Joe Burrow, they get Jamar Chase. He played with them at LSU. And so it's kind of – and I can't wait for the schedule to come out because the schedule makers are going to try to be cute here. Yes, I know they're rookies, and some may not start right away, uh, but some of these young quarterbacks – in. I got to say for all those Bears fans out there, I hope you found your quarterback and gives Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy some uh, wiggle room. But I I, I like Andy Dalton, um, but obviously they needed a quarterback for the future. And if he if he can just be, you know, get him into the postseason, uh, he'll be the savior there in Chicago because it's been a long, long time. So I'm curious because we focus so much, Craig, on this first round. And what I always say is there's 45 guys there's actually 13 tonight are pissed off because their agent or somebody else told them. So all these guys are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. But tomorrow we're going to start seeing some of those names that we had in our top 50. Justin Fields, by the way, the new Bears quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, real quick, MJ, let's talk about the quarterback that the Cardinals are going to have to worry about potentially twice in 2021 or at least in 2022 and in the future. 
the 49ers with the third overall pick, the whole Mac Jones-Trey Lance debate. Trey Lance is the guy, and according to 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, that was the guy they wanted all along when they moved up from number 12 in a trade with the Eagles. Well, when you get a guy like Chris Sims comes out, and, you know, Chris Sims is not afraid to, to rank different quarterbacks in tiers, and, you know, he's very consistent. He said he was still surprised, and he, you know, everyone thought it was because of his relationship. Now, I'm sure he's not on speed dial, but, yeah, he to me, he's dynamic. Uh, not a lot of starts, um, but he fits with the – what the quote was is they want a quarterback like Drew Brees that can run like Lamar Jackson, and that's his offense. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to add some more weapons for him. But, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. We're going to we're gonna look at the uh, the careers of Kyler Murray and Trey Lance. I know it's Kyler's got a couple years, and that's good because he's going into his third year. But this is going to be – you know, Russell Wilson is not going to be in this division forever, nor is Matthew Stafford. So the NFC West – mobile dual quarterbacks for the 49ers and the Cardinals moving forward. And by the way, I need to correct myself, not a trade with the Eagles, a trade with the Dolphins. And uh, knock on wood, I'm just glad Aaron Rodgers is not in the division. And we won't go any further than that right now because that opens up a whole nother can of worms that uh, we just don't really have the time to get into. But it's certainly a lot of fun on draft day. We await days two and three, and we will talk to you after day two here on Cardinals Cover 2. As we put a lid on this edition, special thanks as always to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.